I'm glad there's going to be weather out there this weekend. Once upon a time, I remember in the month of January when there was weather in a game and a guy by the name of Talanoa Hufunga, most of us couldn't even pronounce it at that time, Hufunga? made a name for himself, suddenly showing up and having Joe Buck utter his name as he ran through the snow to take the 49ers to the NFC Championship game. Last week, Hufunga was in a dome, and he stunk. So, let's get that guy back in the weather. Am I right, Matty Barrows? Let's get some weather for Hufanga. See if this works out. Yeah, the guy grew up in uh, Oregon, so he's used to kind of uh, wet, mucky weather. So, he ought to be in his, literally in his element uh, for this uh, these upcoming games, uh, for sure. And, you know, what, what struck me is I remember reading stories, reporting stories about uh, that, that famous... Uh, 1982 championship game, the Dwight Clark catch game. This team used to go to places like L.A. and Arizona in the playoffs because it was so rainy in the Bay Area. I always thought that was such a kind of a foreign concept. Like, how, how can this area, it's been in so much drought recently, uh, be so wet that a team is forced to go to uh, a drier climate? But uh, I think we're kind of seeing that pattern uh, emerge this year. I wonder whether that's uh, that might be in the offing for the 49ers. 1982 was uh, an historic year as far as the rainfall goes. I actually got stranded at school, had to sleep at my principal's house in eighth grade, Matt. True story, 1982. That's, a, that's not appropriate. Nah, wow. No choice. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get home. Is, it, is this just a way of uh, telling us how young you are, Dan? Yeah, I mean, it was. I'm glad, I was, I'm glad I was, you saw through that, man. I was a redshirt eighth grader, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> Seriously, I, uh, oh, I had to ride a horse to school. Uh, Maddie, what about, you know, D'Amico Ryan's? It's not just like that, that Huff has not uh, been playing perfectly. What it takes to get to a point when a coach or a coordinator will get in front of a podium and really, like, put it out there to the media, what, what does that mean about how the 49ers are feeling about Hufanga right now? I mean, uh, I think that Hufanga's had a sensational season. I think D'Amico Ryans is very much taking every opportunity to critique his team and, and to do it publicly as well because the team is on a roll, and uh, you got to figure out a way to kind of make these guys sharp uh, and, and make sure that they're, they're, that they're not lax. So uh, both he and Shanahan have been relishing any – uh, mistake that this team has made in recent weeks um, in, in an effort to uh, kind of continue that momentum. So, uh, to me, it's a, a typical mistake that uh, that a, a young safety is going to make, especially one as aggressive as Hufanga's been. Uh, but like I said, uh, I feel like uh, you know all the coaches, especially Ryan's and especially Kyle Shanahan are really kind of seizing on any opportunity to kind of coach up these guys and remind these guys that you're not perfect, um, that uh, mistakes have been made, and you do need to sharpen. This is not going to cut it in the playoffs. How do you balance that flex and release this weekend, knowing that 
you know, for the most part, you're locked in either as the two or the three. There's a chance you could still be the top seed. You want to keep everyone healthy, but you want guys to be sharp going in the playoffs. How do they play this this delicate balancing game? Well, I mean, they have the, the really nice reminder that uh, you know, no, no one at this point last week, everybody thought um, this team, this defense especially, was just going to dance right over Jared Stidham have an unknown guy and the Raiders were kind of uh, teetering on uh, falling out of the playoffs and all of a sudden the Raiders took them to overtime and, and, and nearly upset the 49ers so that's fresh in their mind um, I mean I, I do think that uh, Shanahan is going to be scoreboard watching getting updates on where things stand uh, you know Christian McCaffrey for example is dealing with an ankle injury it seems like a really nice opportunity to kind of give him um, a half off uh, rolling into the playoffs. I don't think you need to worry about him being uh, ready um, for uh, the first playoff game. So um, I'm sure there are a handful of guys that Shanahan would love to kind of pull out of the game early and and might do that if there's uh, nothing to be gained from a victory. Matt, what's the specific thought right now with Debo? Um, I know it's week two already of the practice week. But what do you think their plan is with him, and, and what is his relative health for next week? I mean, I think it's good. He practiced in full uh, the last couple of days, so that, that suggests that um, he's not still bothered by this, this ankle-knee issue. I think it's a conditioning issue for him. You don't want to uh, rev him up to uh, you know 100% of his snaps after he's been off for, uh, I guess it's been three weeks. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think for a lot of these guys, uh, Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, you want to get them rolling. Um, I don't think you want to give them their, their full allotment of snaps. But uh, you want to make sure that there's momentum going into that first uh, postseason game. So, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's, the, that, that's the bottom line. That's the key word. They, they want to get enough momentum, enough uh, snaps, enough action for these guys to feel like, um, you know, they're not just kind of going fresh into the uh, playoffs without having had, had any games uh, in, in the lead up to them. Does that apply to Brock Purdy as well in terms of how much time he's going to see? Because you obviously want to get him reps. He's still very young in his career, yet you don't have much in the way of a backup other than Josh Johnson. How do they play that balancing act with a guy who could use any and all reps that he gets? Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic question. It's one that uh, maybe we'll ask uh, Kyle Shanahan later today, because you could make the argument that, you know, it would be nice for Josh Johnson to get some reps. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility that Johnson would be called upon um, to kind of salvage uh, a game in the playoffs. So, um, you know, he's never played in a game for the 49ers. He's had all sorts of practice. I think in that 2020 season, they were really kind of close to having to play him at the end there. Um, and he didn't have a lot of uh, experience at that point. But, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's something to ask. Uh, if, if, if there's nothing to be gained in the, in the fourth quarter, is it more important for Brock Purdy to get, continue to get snaps He's still in the fight as far as uh, the NFL is concerned, or is it more important to kind of get him kind of safe on the sideline and to give Josh Johnson snaps? Uh, th- that'll be interesting to see what uh, Shanahan says. Okay, first off, Maddie, uh, breaking news. The NFL has approved the postseason plan that was floated out there yesterday. The vote has gone down. 
That has been approved. We'll go over that with our listeners a little bit more later on with regard to what that means for the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Uh, to your knowledge, was there any conversation, uh, you know, over the last couple of days, that idea of an eighth team on both sides? Like, you would have had to talk to all teams, including the 49ers. Was there any discussion around the 49ers about how this was going to play out? Uh, I, I don't think so. At least I'm not... Uh... Uh, privy to that. I mean, this obviously is affecting the AFC more than anything else. So um, I think it was uh, really among those teams and those teams that are in the playoffs that uh, were probably uh, a deeper part of the conversation. Um, that's, that's another question. <laughs> you guys are filling up my notebook with excellent questions. If I if I run into to Jed York, um, that'll be something to ask him whether that was ever kind of floated as an option because it would have benefited the team like the Seahawks. You know, some of these teams that are sort of on the edge of the playoffs going into this uh, this weekend. Uh, I'm sure the 49ers, if if you ask them, give them truth serum. You know, wanna 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 keep it to as uh, few a number of teams as possible, right? Uh, uh, heightening their chances of going all the way. Yeah, without a doubt. And Washington would have been back in play had they expanded to eight. We went through all these machinations yesterday. Nick Bosa, NFL sack leader, could be closing in on defensive player of the year. How much does that play into his usage on Sunday? I mean, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan's going to give these guys every opportunity. I, I remember that last game, uh, what was it, uh, 2018, when, when George Kittle was... Uh, uh, shooting for the tight end record for for yards in the season, and uh, you know Shanahan, uh, you know engineered a, a game plan to to get Kittle that that number, the number that he needed. Uh, so he's conscientious of that. Um, I think that you know player safety again. If this is a blowout or if there's nothing to be gained, uh, kind of uh, discretion outweighs you know a, a sack record or things like that. I think uh, Nick Bosa gets uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Whether he uh, gets five sacks in this game or zero sacks in this game, I think that's probably wrapped up at this point. Uh, but the sack record, the single-season se- sack record, is very much at play. Um, I don't know how my uh, my scouting report on David Blau is, is kind of incomplete. I don't know how much uh, scrambling ability he has, but it seems like two sacks is not out of the realm of possibility for Nick Bosa, in which case he would tie Alden Smith's 2012 record, and uh, I'm sure that's something that uh, Bosa would really love, a great feather in his cap and a great season. Uh, all I know about David Blau is he's not as fast as his wife. Uh, do you remember on Hard Knocks? He's the one whose wife was like an Olympic sprinter, and he would help her go work out. Uh, he was like a part of that story. There was a storyline, a good 10 minutes of Hard Knocks uh, storyline that was all about David Blau in this preseason. This is uh, when he's with the Lions? Yes. Oh, that might be the most interesting part of Hard Knocks. I heard that that Hard Knocks was not the, the greatest Hard Knocks that well, they've had so far. I don't know. Dan Campbell, uh, he keeps some eyeballs here and there. That's uh, that's for sure. Um, and by the way... Melissa Gonzalez, by the way, yeah. Colombian hurdler. There for you those go. of you uh, scoring at home. And, and yes, and, and I hope that all of you are. So, uh, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of things that are easy to look at, I did want to ask you this before you get out of here, Maddie, because I've gotten the question from many friends, and I find it to be a funny question. They're like, hey, if Jimmy Garoppolo is back by mid-late January, is he the quarterback? And I'm like, are you guys crazy? Like, Brock Purdy's never lost, and if they're still playing end of January, of course they're going to stick with Brock. However, 
Maddie, is there a chance that Jimmy serves as the 49er backup oh, later in the playoffs? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I, I think it would be later, later in the playoffs. And we're, we're talking like uh, championship game yes. the earliest and probably the Super Bowl as the most uh, realistic. Uh, so y- your point is well taken. If they're in the Super Bowl, it, it probably means that that uh, Brock Purdy has done a, a pretty good job and that the 49ers are, are not going to switch horses midstream. Now, having said that, if you go back to 2019, the 49ers rolled through the divisional round and the championship round and, and got to the, the Super Bowl, but they did so amid criticism of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo was just there to hand the ball off. Yep. That, that uh, Kyle Shanahan was taking the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. That was the uh, that was the the narrative, uh, a national narrative. Like Jimmy uh, Shanahan does not trust Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and that narrative has kind of stuck ever since then. So there there are scenarios out there that the 49ers win these playoff games with a quarterback that's not exactly. Uh, you know, throwing for a three TDs and, and, and 450 yards. So, um, yeah, I, I think we as 49ers followers know that every scenario uh, involving a quarterback is on the table. There, there's no shortage of plot twists when it comes to this position. So, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to rule out any possibility, <laughs> but um, the fact that uh, Garoppolo could be healthy. At the end of January, at the beginning of February, is is very much on the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, come on. You know that he's not gone yet. Let's go, people. You know that that name's going to come up in some form, at some point, in some way. Uh, I just believe that. Matty, uh, great stuff, man. Stay dry. Thank you. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Matty Barrow's on the 49ers, right? I mean, Brock Purdy's going to, you know, be in the Super Bowl, and the 49ers will be down by 10. And he'll tweak an ankle. Oh, stop. And here he comes. Josh Johnson. <laughs> here he comes, and he rallies the 49ers yeah. to a Super Bowl crowd. He rallies them, and, and then they need a big third down conversion. He hands the ball And he off. underthrows somebody. Right. He'll but find it bounces his way. off their shoe, and then it's caught by it's Jawan Jennings. It, it's never a comes to me in that, in that moment. So. <laughs> A more likely scenario is if you want to play that all the way out, he leads them back, and now it's third and seven, and there's Kittle running open down the middle, and he underthrows them. Oh, you didn't see him. He underthrows another guy. He underthrows him. A Jimmy Ono throw. But it bounces off of his shoe. Maddeningly, he comes short again. In your own fantasy, yes, Jimmy G makes the play. No, no, that's not me. I don't. I believe. That Jimmy has thrown his last pass as a 49er, but I also know better than to assume that. I mean, we've I already, know better. We had him out of town months ago. 12 times! At least, yeah. I, and I yet know he's still, he's still here. I know better. So what's the scenario of him getting better? Like, what's the timetable for him being able to actually... Right around the NFC title game, it sounds like. like. late January, yeah, still like yeah. only three more weeks he'd be able to... To get better and well, look, they gotta open his practice window and all the rest of that. Is it or is it not fascinating that they never put him on IR? It's not that fascinating because you only have so many spots and you don't want to use a spot for Jimmy Garoppolo if you need to use that spot for somebody That's else. That's only for designation for return. If you right. know for sure that you're not gonna ever need or use Jimmy, what would your reason be for not putting him on IR? 
because you might have a chance that you may need him. There and you he go. might be able to come back. So don't say never. Well, I'm hoping it's never. Me too. Me too. Because you, the last thing you want is to go forward without Brock Purdy. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but <laughs> based on what we've seen. I mean, come on. Look at this season. Look at this story over the last three years. Brock Purdy has made Jimmy Garoppolo look pedestrian. Right. Right. But, but how many reminders do we need that in the NFL, everything you think you know can change in one play? Yeah. All right. I mean, just look at Monday night. The Philadelphia Eagles, You, I, I loved what happened. Your eyes almost popped out of your head before the show. We're sitting there talking about all of our scenarios. And, and uh, I mentioned that the Dallas Cowboys can still get the one seed. And you were like... Is that right? And I go, yeah, if all of these teams lose. Philly loses, Minnesota loses, the Niners, Niners lose. lose. And the Cowboys wow. end up, well, I think, yeah, do the Cowboys, right, they're a game behind Minnesota, too. Is that right? No, they're they tied the, with Minnesota. They're tied, so they're probably already, uh, they're ahead because they got head-to-head against them. So forget Minnesota. Yeah, crushed them. If, if Dallas wins, the Eagles lose, and the 49ers lose, ladies and gentlemen, say hello to your one seed. The playoffs will go through Jerry's world. That's crazy, so that's man. It. And you go, the Jeez. Eagles, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, this team was 13-1, and one, cruise control, MVP at quarterback, easy one seed. Here we are going into week 18, and they haven't even clinched their division. And their QB's hurt. And their QB's hurt. And he went, and that's the reminder. Jalen Hurts went out. They haven't won a football game since. Philadelphia could wind up as the five seed going to Tampa Bay. That's right. It could be Philly at Tampa. And if Jalen Hurts isn't back, Philly could end up losing four straight, going from 13-1 and to 13-4, and lose a road playoff game. Adios, muchachos. Dallas gets the one. The Niners would get the two in this scenario. Minnesota gets the three. Niners at Dallas NFC Championship game. I watch oh, football. Baby. I watch football with that in the back of my mind. Always. Anything can happen this and usually always does. can yeah. change in one play. So while I hope, like you, that Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown his final pass as a San Francisco 49er, I also leave open for the possibility that he, like he was earlier this year, could save their bacon. That is a that is on the table as a possibility. I mean, if he can also spoil their milk. He well, as not, he's done in big spots. He before. could. He could run out the back of the end zone. I get it. But if I asked, he can underthrow Emmanuel Sanders. If I asked you right now, they get in the playoffs and something happens to Brock. You want Jimmy or Josh? Josh. Really? Absolutely. See, now we disagree there. Jimmy's Big not time. healthy. Jimmy's, no, no, no. I mean, we saw he's Jimmy. Back, he's back to health. Let's say it's the NFC title game, and, and, and it's tied at halftime, and Brock twists the ankle, and he can't walk. What do you want? Jimmy you want, Josh Johnson. Really? What did we see from Jimmy Garoppolo this year when he came back? For the first time in relief, but that was with, I'm so rusty. But that was with, but it was rust not in terms of physically. It was rust in terms of you've got a new playbook that's been set up for Trey. You had no training camp. Yeah. As soon as he got his legs underneath him, the, the world took a while. Took a while though. That's fine, and it was never dynamic. But the world's going to forget, or maybe they won't, that Garoppolo left here on a five game win streak. 
He like he got things. Brock has finished this. Jimmy's, that win streak goes to Kyle Shanahan now. And, All Jimmy and, G's wins and, and they so go does, to Kyle. So do, so do Brock's, and yeah, they, which is why you can now go, devalue Jimmy Garoppolo but, because of what Brock has done. But that's a larger conversation. Right. I'm talking about a smaller one. I'm talking if you need someone to come in and and finish five quarters in these playoffs. You're telling me you take Josh Johnson over a healthy Jimmy? Shout out Oakland, California. No way on this side of this room. Veteran? No way. Been, Jimmy's, not, Jimmy's not a veteran? Hasn't played oh, in nearly the time. same number of teams as Josh Johnson. <laughs> what a story that how, would be. How many, a guy playing right. on, his, I think it's his 13th team, yeah. his third stint with the Niners. You go to Josh Johnson. Give me the mobile Josh Johnson. Yeah. Over the stiff. Stop it. Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo, no. You're you're going into you don't Shout out Oakley, California. I can tell by the what behind your eyes that you don't even believe what you're saying right now. I don't know Jordan Poole. (laughs) But I but I know Dan Dibley. I do. I know Dan Dibley. Um hey Jonathan in San Francisco. What what are you doing, Jonathan? Currently multitasking is uh, doing work and uh, listening to the game. Out of bed. I'm, Out of bed. I'm, I'm no, no fear. I'm not scared. Uh, I think the last time I was scared, I was maybe two, three years old. Um, I just want to say, man, this, this might be the best version of the 49ers heading to the playoffs. Better than the Kaepernick-led 49ers that went to the Super Bowl. Better than the Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers that went to the Super Bowl. Man, we're the most physical team out there. Uh, the defense, for the most part, I trust them to hold opposing offense, uh, offenses down to their normal self. And most important of all, what is Purdy? Purdy is a quarter Brock. And you know what else? <laughs> he is no ordinary quarter Brock, you know? He is no ordinary Brock. <laughs> a quarter Brock. I'm actually, and I feel like maybe I was under a rock. I haven't heard that one yet. Has that been? Have people been using that? The quarter Brock? Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. I'm glad we. I'm finally glad we just moved off the Purdy puns. The Purdy puns was it was just too easy. Yeah, it's too easy. And the Brock puns too. Although it's yeah, it's Brock still puns are, yeah, it still continues. Like you know whether or not you look at our YouTube feed and we are live on YouTube and Twitch and you look at the title every day. There's a title, and I think Sam Lubman. Great uh, morning roast producer comes up with them, and there was like eleven straight days of Niners looking purdy, and uh, we're Brock and roll and all the rest. Yeah, it's today's still, is it's still, can the Niners sweep the NFC West? Yeah, so we're done, I guess. I guess we've moved on from the puns, uh, but it is still Brock and roll to me. Um, but yeah, no, I, listen, I hope, I hope, I sound like Shawshank Redemption. Shout out Billy Joel. I hope, I hope that he just plays. What do you got? One, and then you get one, two, three, whatever. Five more Four games. Four games, including, uh, well, five if you count this week. Yeah, I'm going to count this week. Assuming they don't get the bye. I hope he plays five more games, and I hope there's five more W's, and the greatest story in the history of the NFL, and make a Disney movie and all of that. That's 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 option A. Uh, but I, I have... I still think the Kurt Warner story is a better story. In ter- yes, in terms of... From where he came. Grocery uh, store clerk. Exactly. Arena football, Iowa barnstormer, and what he was able to do, eventually go on to the Hall of Fame. I don't think it becomes the best story in, in the history of yeah, football. I, you might be right. My you might opinion. be right. I, like, There's just the, the beauty of that label, though. Mr. Irrelevant. 
The beauty right. of it, like if I gave you the Kurt Warner story, what's the title of the movie? Well, we got to sit around and think about that for a couple of weeks. Clean up on aisle four. You already know what the title of Brock's movie is. Relevant. That's it. The title of the movie's already, it's so clean. It's so perfect. We called you Mr. Irrelevant, and then you become the first rookie to come in and do something like this in the history of ever? I mean, come on. Kurt Warner, undrafted. I know. I know. But it's not as clean in terms of the title. Iowa Barnstormers. Amsterdam Admirals. He was so irrelevant that they didn't even call him that. Exactly. Because it would have been mean. (laughs) And he didn't even, they both went to college in Iowa. Yep. Kurt Warner, though, went to Northern, Northern Iowa. Iowa. He couldn't even get into Iowa State correct. and play football there. So Absolutely correct. I would lean toward uh, Kurt Warner's story from uh, complete anonymity to the Hall of Fame. I would, too, if he was a 49er, but he's not. So forget him. Let's go with Brock I Brody. like it. Uh, get, local. Get geared up for the playoffs right now. 957thegameshop.com. You got your relevant shirts. You got your DPOY shirts. Okay, thank you, Nelson in San Jose, who just went on and bought three items. What up, Nelson? We see you. Thank you. 957thegameshop.com. And the 49ers are headed to the postseason, which means the road to Glendale begins now. The road to Glendale is brought to you by Merowest Credit Union, working for you today, tomorrow, together. The NFL has approved the plan. We'll get to that. Plus, with all of it being a football Friday, did you miss the Carlos Correa buzz? That's coming up next on Willard and Debs. Now, back to Willard and Debbie on 95.7 The Game. All right, what's shaking? I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone, we continue the breaking news. A short time ago, the NFL has approved... The proposal that was put out late yesterday, and we'll describe it to you, but the headlines are this. It really affects mainly just the Bengals, Ravens, Bills, and Chiefs. They're going to go seven teams on both sides. And without, again, getting too deep into the weeds, um, the Chiefs, if they win by winning percentage, they will be the one seed. However, if the Bills also win this weekend, if those two teams match one another this weekend, if they end up in the AFC title game, Together, then that will be played at a neutral site. That's potentially true for the Bengals as well. And then as far as the Bengals and Ravens are concerned, Bengals win the division. But if the Ravens win this weekend, then if those two play in the playoffs, a coin flip will determine home field advantage, which was the one part you weren't thrilled about. Yes, yes. And I love how that's not getting into the weeds. <laughs> you well, love. I mean, no, you're right. There's I so could much, read two pages so of, of rules. But that's what's so funny about this. Yeah. I think if, if Baltimore beats Cincinnati twice, they get to host the game. It's going to be a coin flip. They could still win the coin toss, but based on all of the things the NFL did as well as they could to make it fair. Chris Myers on the phone at the 49er facility right now as he's calling the game this weekend between the Niners and Cardinals. Hey, Chris, what's going on, and what do you think? What do you think of what the NFL did? Yeah, I mean, I think under the circumstances with the, the, the sensitivity to the situation and being how unusual how late in the year and, and the top seating and the teams that were involved, I, I wonder how giving each of them a tie would have worked out. 
In other words, giving that to Buffalo and Cincinnati because that that, that helps you with a win percentage. Uh, and and I know that that that's different than than what they did currently. But I think under the circumstances and the time they had, and again they discussed this with the players' association, other owners, and voted on it. I agree with you. I I, I think at all costs we should avoid a coin flip. However, you know, however that breaks down and whatever the process is, but. Under the circumstances, if the teams are good with it and their ownership is, then that's where we'll go forward. And hopefully these are not situations that we'll face again. And as long as Phil Luckett's not involved in the coin flip, I think... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was my way of taking a cheap shot. Well, that's a good question. Who gets to flip the coin? That's a a big responsibility. Uh, We'll go with you, Chris. You're good at this, right? All right. If I yes, if I have a few minutes of uh, stand-up material beforehand, that might work. I love it. Like you got to let me run a little material before I flip yeah. the coin. I I do, I, I, and I agree with you on the point that I, I think you know head-to-head competition should should go a long way. I mean, the NFL for years has had you know different tiebreaker systems all the way down the line. We've seen that before. Conference records, points in conference records. That's why points are important sometimes in the grand scheme of things. But uh, this is a difficult spot, and I think in the in the greater sense of things uh, that they. We're able to come to a consensus, so let's move forward, play on it. It's almost like different circumstances, but when when the rules change a little, when teams had to go through COVID, I mean, I was impressed how the NFL came together. And even though some teams, hey, we had to play here, we didn't have enough guys there, they, they all said, hey, let's just we'll, we'll get it done and and we'll deal with it after. And and ultimately, that's that's in the rearview mirror as far as that. So as long as they all agree on it, I, I think we have to go forward. Yeah, we can all get excited for uh, seven. Uh, playoff teams in each conference and a full slate of playoff activity next weekend. But this weekend, kind of an odd one with Arizona going with David Blau at quarterback against a Niner team ramping up for the playoffs. How impressed have you been by this Niner team with Mr. Suddenly Relevant at quarterback and a nine-game win streak? Very impressed. And and I've called games of the Eagles and if I think some of the other teams this year. First of all, I, I have not seen a better defense not only in the NFC, but in all of football. We've had some AFC games as well that we've called. But Brock Purdy, that story, it was amazing the beginning of the year. You weren't sure with Trey Lance, okay, they're going to be contenders, but how good? And then Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, you say, hey, okay, they're back at their Super Bowl form, and then he gets hurt. And they're like, well, now we're back to a big question mark. Well, they can get into the playoffs, but where can they go? And I... I've seen nothing. I'm looking forward too to sitting down face to face with him after uh, after practice today uh, for the for the first time to really get to get to know him. But certainly from what I've watched, observed, and and you know, defensive coaches we've talked to who face this team, but we're like, man, this guy is way ahead of what you think a rookie should be. Forget a first rounder or the last pick. So. To me, that's really the missing ingredient with the return of Samuel and, and hopefully Elijah Mitchell here uh, and, and how healthy they'll be in the playoffs. I, I think, in my view, and I'm not just saying this, but I, the 49ers are, to me, the, the NFC favorites to go to the Super Bowl, in my eyes, based on the teams I've seen. So, Chris, let me use this question to sort of let you know what the 49er fan base is thinking and feeling about Brock Purdy. As you're out there at practice today, do you think he's better than Tom Brady or simply as good as Tom Brady? <laughs> Well, that's yeah. We're way we're way ahead. The situation, now I get it. I I, I, I I like him. That hey, you come in, you do the job. But the situation sets up that way. We really won't know that for a long time. And I'll tell you what I what I hear around the league too, and not just fans, but it's like oh, he's he's got to have a, a blow up game or a really bad game, and you hope he gets it out of his system. At least those who are rooting for San Francisco kind of had, you know, even when he has an off game or some off moments. I think this team is 
good enough around him, maybe that some other rookie quarterbacks don't have, and a coach who's, who's worked with him all along the way. The fact that he was here from the beginning of training camp and got to observe, and he, he seems very coachable. He seems, well, if he wants to learn, and very humble. That's a word I've heard a lot. You know, very, a lot of humility and a guy who's even, we'll see how long that lasts as he has great success. But so from that standpoint, I, even if he stumbles, I, you know, again, he doesn't have to be. Tom Brady in his prime, or Patrick Mahomes, or Josh Allen. He just has to be the guy in that situation. Now, there may be a, a spot where he'll have to do a little more, but I think he's responded well when he's been put in those. At least the team feels that way. And surrounded by so much talent, including Christian McCaffrey, and the Niners absolutely swindling, not Swindell as in Greg Swindell, but <laughs> uh, thank you. A swindle. <laughs> is this one of the biggest swindles in trade history that the Niners got McCaffrey for four picks to be named? Yeah, well, they're high picks. I mean, they gave up a lot. And, and I, hey, I'm, uh, any corny reference or pun is good with me. So swindle, uh, swindle however you want to work it. There's a nice Eric Swindle's name. I'm sure he'll be happy. That's a little throwback reference, Chris, for those of us who didn't know. That's right. But I, I, I think, you know, the Rams, and I know that whether they want to downplay, oh, we were just trying to drive the, the price up. The Rams were in on that, too. And that makes it even more gratifying, I think, for for your, your division rival that they made that move. So it looked like, I'll tell you a little bit, it looked like they gave up a lot for a guy who's off injured, right? We know he's talented, but the fact that he's delivered for them, and the guy's always played hard. That's how, it's like Debo Samuel. These guys are just physical. They, they run that way, they play that way, and they catch that way, and so they're going to get beat up a lot, but they're going to deliver. And, and for the position the 49ers were in, Yes, it was. How many contenders? Well, they looked at the Rams. Look what the Rams did with Bond Miller and some of the other moves, whether they were in season or going back to Stafford. You get a team in place, you get just a few of the veterans or parts that, that you need to add to it, and, and it helps you get over the hump to get to the, the Super Bowl. Again, the, the bonus to all this is, is the, and I, and I give them a lot of credit for, for making it, even, even a Ray Ray McLeod kind of a deal. Some of the small under the radar kind of deals that have made this team better. But but the missing ingredient and the bonus is, of course, the, the Brock Purdy situation, which none of us saw coming. Maybe the 49ers in the background believed in him enough that he could do this, but but certainly I don't think they were counting on it. Chris, it's uh, it's uh, awesome to have you as we get ready for this game. Uh, before you run and we, we, we let you head out uh, or back out to practice, uh, it, it, it has just come to my attention uh, that, that, that Wikipedia has two different years uh, as your birth year, and and we figured since we got you on the phone, it might be a good time for you to dispel the potential myth that's being thrown out on the World Wide Web. Uh, what 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 do you, do you know about this? Do you know that you were born twice, according to Wikipedia? That's impressive. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what's funny about Wikipedia. We often rely on it. I, I, somebody read something, uh, and they said, "Hey, we had to." call on it and, and check. They said I was a vegetarian because my father was a butcher when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said I love seafood and meat. That's not, I, My dad was not a butcher, so that's not true. So I, somebody could have put some of those things are true and accurate. There's a lot in there about, you know, obviously, my broadcast career, some of the personal stuff. But no, I was born in 1959 in Miami, well, North Miami, towards Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And that's the that's the deal. I did not know that, but I'll check. Maybe my agent's trying to make me seem younger. Like, no, I, yeah, yeah. I know, keep moving got, that baby forward every year further we go on. Yeah, it's 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 59 and 60 that you were born, so you were born again in 1960. So congratulations <laughs> on that. And and oh by the way, you look great. You don't you know you don't look a day over over 50 something, Chris. Whatever. Well, I told yeah, I, yeah it's funny. I told doctors. 
years when I was, you know, in my prime, but in broadcast years with my looks, right? You weren't, you know, aging. We got to do all we can. I said, hey, well, you know, I'll try that cryogenic stuff, you know, like Disney. And, uh, you know, like three, instead, instead they froze my career and I've been in the same place. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's for your Swindell pun. That's my guy right there. Well, so good. And if we didn't get an iKid, then did this interview even really happen? So so <laughs> th- thank you very much, Chris. It's great to talk to you, buddy. All right. Looking forward to Sunday. Enjoy the playoffs, you guys. We'll see you later. Hi, Chris. Right. We definitely will. There he is. Chris Myers, he kids because he cares and because he's been born twice. Yes, he. I mean, that's a long birth that's to a- go from 59 to <laughs> see his poor Mrs. Myers in that, labor. Right. I bet there's some moms who feel like that. They're right. like, yeah, we started on December 31st and it didn't end until January 2nd. That thing just kept going. <laughs> I like Chris Myers not only because, if, and by the way, you look at his Wikipedia and it's an absolute who's who of events. I just triple crown World Series. I mean, you go through all totally. the things he's done, and yet he has that sort of self-effacing sense of humor that, uh, that that you love from broadcasters of his level. Yeah, I mean, he is sort of like. I mean, it, it looks similar to like Dave Fleming, who we you know we talk to all the time. Where you're like, oh, you you've broadcast like nine different sports. Exactly. Yeah, he's one of those guys. So auto uh, racing, horse racing whole lot of fun and he said something i'm hearing a lot of national people say and i wonder if it's uh if you're there because uh, i think i'm there but we got so much to still figure out with regard to seeding are the 49ers just a clear favorite to go to the super bowl they are the best team in the nfc i think but are they the favorite and i don't mean by vegas like just in your mind are, are you are you heading into next week like sure you got to win the games and anything can happen but like the 49ers have the best chance, better chance, than any other team in the NFC to end up playing in Glendale. If I was in a situation where I had to make a pick, if you go into the playoffs, they say, you know, you have a contest or whatever with your friends, pick your Super Bowl matchup, I'm picking the 49ers. In the AFC, I would probably take the Bills, mm. as I did at the start of the year. I think Bills 49ers, it would be the Chris Berman Bowl, back, back, back. Right. You know, <laughs> predicted his, it every year since well, like his 1972. Well, his two favorite teams, right. his, I think, childhood team versus his adopted team. And maybe we can get Boomer on, Boomer Berman on, to talk about that game if it does happen. But if I was to be in a pool and have to make a prediction. It was at the pool. I, that's what I would go with. Yeah. I think the Niners would be the team, even if they had to go to Philly or they probably won't have to go to Dallas in the NFC Championship, but if they had to go to Philly and play that game with Jalen Hurts healthy, the Niners won't be more than three-point underdogs in that game, I Yeah, think. I don't... I, if that. If that, if exactly. That, depending on how they play and how they look. Like, Jalen Hurts has got to get back and look right, by the way. We don't know that yet. I think mean, he's playing this weekend, but he's got he the same injury that Jimmy had, right? right? Like, and it, yeah. I mean, from what I hear, it hurts. You know, I mean, this is a throwing shoulder <laughs> of a quarterback. Intended. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even realize this. Get Chris that. Myers back on <laughs> the phone. He'd love that. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, yeah. I Right? I... So I like your prediction. Um, I, I'm going to give a nod to the Bengals as well. The Bills thing, you know, with what's now happened with DeMar Hamlin, and you've said it a couple of times, we should actually take a moment to pass along. The breathing tube is out. He is now breathing on his own. He is speaking to family members. This is so good. Not just that this has happened. My God, it's Friday. This happened Monday. And we're already here. That, I have to admit, is unthinkable. That he would have made this much progress this fast. Yeah. So that's phenomenal. 
But and just take a quick the, opportunity to shout out the first responders and the yes. medical personnel who got there and saved his life. And the other piece of this, Mark, is he's a 24-year-old elite athlete, which helps in no doubt. the the speed with which he was able to recover. If you know, if he's just an average slovenly 54-year-old sports talk host, he's. <laughs> He's not getting better that much faster. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, the Bills are going to be, uh, if you will, uh, America's pick, right? This is going to be an emotional playoff run for them. And, uh, it, you know, you can already sort of see, like, you know, DeMar Hamlin maybe showing up in a suite uh, at the Super Bowl rooting for the Bills. Like, it would be a real, real moment, right, for, for, for America. Man. And so, like, I think that your pick is is definitely on the short list. The only other thing I'll say about it, I, I, watch out for the Bengals. They're the hottest team. And here's the other thing I'll say. Chiefs aren't gone. Chiefs aren't gone. Uh, is this a Mark Willard guarantee? Chiefs are not going to the Super Bowl. Uh, the Chiefs defense is going to bite them in the red butts that they have in those pants. Okay? That, that team, I believe, is not going to go to the Super Bowl. So I think the 49ers are the favorite in the NFC. And... Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, from this perspective, like I was really looking forward to watching Cincinnati and Buffalo play because I really thought that that would give me some answers with regard to who has some matchup advantages between those two teams because I think those are the two teams. I really do. I think it's going to come down to Eagles, 49ers, Bills, and Bengals, and then we'll 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 go from there. Um, and we didn't get those answers on Monday night, and, and that's okay. But the Bengals, man, if you remember back to the first five weeks of the year, they were wrong. Like, they just something. Joe Burrow was just Yeah, awful. remember, did he have four picks on opening week? Yeah. Like, there was just, if something was wrong, and then something clicked. Seven and, in a row. And, and not just seven in a row, but, like, look at who. They, I mean, they beat the Chiefs. Like, they, I thought, you know, yeah, we only got nine minutes of action, but they looked like the better team in those nine minutes than the Bills. Like, they've come out in heavyweight bouts and, and looked really good. So I'm watching that team as well. So Buffalo-Cincinnati right now, the way the seeds are, and if the seeds hold this way, that would be a divisional round game. That wouldn't be the conference championship game right. because you've got the Chiefs right now are the number one. And assuming the Chiefs beat the Raiders, which they're heavily favored to do so, Buffalo beats the Patriots, the Bengals and Baltimore, it really wouldn't matter in terms of whether or not they could get to the two seed. If Buffalo and Kansas City both win, Cincinnati can't get to the two spot. So the best they could be would be the three. Right. So that Buffalo-Cincinnati game, by the way, would be in Buffalo, in Buffalo for the divisional round. And I wonder if that's why Cincinnati was the dissenter in this vote today because of that. Not so much about the divisional coin flip thing with the Baltimore Ravens, but the idea that if they do get past that, they would potentially have to go to Buffalo next. Like, if you do want to look at roads, all playoff teams and especially the really good ones. The roads that are out there, holy hell, Cincinnati's is the hardest. There is the potential that they... Among the elite teams, Now, yeah. this is why I think this weekend really matters for them. They can take this coin flip thing off the table. That's, you know, everyone's like, I think that's going to be the number one thing, as you have, that people are pointing to going, that's a little hokey. Like, you're going to go coin flip. Look, Cincinnati, just go win this weekend. Beat Baltimore. Just beat yeah. Baltimore, and then it's off the table, and don't worry about it. You got the division. You got the home field there. 
But then, if they go ahead and win their first game, you might have to go to Buffalo in, in the very next one. I actually don't know who has the tiebreaker between Cincy and Buffalo if Cincy wins this weekend and Buffalo loses, which is possible. Buffalo's got the Patriots, and they're motivated. Uh, Cincy wins, they'd be 8-3. and three. Buffalo conference, loses, they'd be 8-3. Be eight eight and three. Three. So conference record is the same. You don't have the head-to-head. I actually don't know. I like We'd have to go talk to somebody about what uh, how that one would play out. But yeah, Cincinnati's road... I mean, who are you playing first? If Cincinnati ends up the three seed, they're going to get the six. That means you're playing a, who are you looking at? You're looking at probably a, a Baltimore or the Chargers. That's not easy. You get by it, you got to go to Buffalo. If you get by that, you got to go to Kansas City. Like, holy smokes. It's most smokes. likely Baltimore. It's yeah. most likely a rematch game because the Chargers, and I'm assuming they beat Denver, the Chargers are playing for something. Denver is god-awful. So Chargers win and... The Bengals, if the Bengals win, then the Ravens stay as the sixth seed. The Ravens cannot fall below the sixth. So the Bengals and the Ravens, they would run it back. They would run it back Divisional matchup, you know. I mean, playing I, a third time, and, you know, you don't know about Baltimore's health. I mean, who knows? Is Lamar Jackson ever going to put a Raven uniform on again? Yeah, I, I have point. no idea at this point. I would assume so. I would like Cincy in that game, but that's a road. If you're asking Cincy to get to the Super Bowl by going Baltimore at home, Buffalo on the road, Kansas City on the road. It'd be Kansas City in a neutral, would it not? Because uh, Kansas City, assuming that everything plays out the way we said, it'd be Kansas City and Cincinnati in a neutral, I thought. I think you're right. Which, I think you're right. Because again, if Kansas City wins and Cincinnati wins out, then yes, Cincinnati. Well, no. Not, not if Kansas City wins. Not if Kansas City wins. Because if Kansas City wins, they would be at 14-3. and three. Cincinnati was not going to have the opportunity to get to 14-3. and three. They've already got four losses. So not if Kansas City wins tomorrow. That's my understanding. People, yeah, just so you know, we have a sheet. Yeah, the writing is so small it. on it, and it's still two pages of like all of the little rules right. and regulations of what's taking place. But I believe if Kansas City wins tomorrow... That eliminates Cincinnati from, from the neutral site thing. Against Buffalo it's only, or Kansas it's only, City. That only comes into play if Kansas City loses and, and Buffalo, Buffalo loses okay, and Cincinnati right. wins. I think you're right. Then Cincinnati moves into the neutral site Let conversation. Let me just throw you a little tiny curveball <laughs> and tell me what you think about this in terms of AFC sleeper spoiler alert. Okay. The the LA used to be San Diego Chargers. They've got an opening game. Just yeah. work with me. I will. I'm work listening. With me for a I'm minute. listening. They've got a game against Jacksonville on the road in the playoffs as it sits right now. They're going to be favored at Jacksonville. Chargers win that game, in my opinion. Then at that point, they would go take on a Kansas City Chiefs team that is vulnerable. Oh yes. Chargers playing great. The Chargers can beat. Kansas City yes, and like, get to the AFC Championship game against Buffalo or Cincinnati. That to me is an interesting road as far as a team that can upset the apple cart in the AFC. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm going to say before you get to your Kansas City game, I'm almost less confident that the Chargers can go to Jacksonville and win. The Jaguars, if you look at their whole season, and by the way, we're putting the Jags in as if they've won this game and they have not. True. They've got to beat Tennessee tomorrow in order to even be this team. And you remember, I, I said at the start of the year that Jacksonville was my sleeper team to win that division. Jacksonville, I, and I agreed with you. I actually said yeah. that. And gosh, I got Ephraim came down my road laughing at me when I brought that to him. My guy Ephraim. Like two, yeah. So Jacksonville's won four football games in a row. Yep. They've won five the of Titans six. have lost six in a yes, row, kid. They've won five of six. Oh, baby. They they have won six of eight, and 
they have been beaten by more than one score once. Once? Once. They also Carson destroyed Hunts? the Chargers earlier in the destroyed year. Destroyed the Chargers in L.A. by 28 points. Now, that was, was the game. It was a different time where, for the Chargers. And, Is well, that when Herbert was hurt? Yeah, but he played. Remember, he was like right he up to game thing. time. Yeah. He wasn't okay. warming up. So, yeah, it was right after the rib deal. Um, the Chiefs beat them by 10. That is the one game all year where the Jags have lost by more than one score. That's it. So do not put the Chargers just right by Jacksonville, especially in Jacksonville. And I'm not sure that the oh, Chargers... Oh, place to play. Uh, uh, well, I'm just saying, well, the Chargers play all their games on the road. Yeah, but true. Point, point being, that, like the Jags and, and, you know, this four-game win streak they're on, Titans, Cowboys, Jets. Like they and need it would some, be five if they win the division because they would have to beat uh, Tennessee. I'm not, uh, I'm not convinced of your assertion that the Chargers would just clearly be even favored in that game. I think this would be a tight spread. At Jacksonville? Yeah. One point, maybe, in either direction. And by the way, Jacksonville wins the division with a tie. We need to insert that in the conversation. Well stated. Because they yes. do have a one-game Well stated, yeah. So the, the Jags are going to play defense and just... Play for the They're going to play soccer tomorrow so against great. the Titans. Just going to lay bus. back all 11 people on the goal line and watch the clock go. Well, remember last year, Raiders, Chargers, last game of the year. It almost tied. You're right. Oh, yeah, my good gosh. Point. Um, hey, BPA is on the line. Let's get him in before we my hustle man. into the 11 o'clock hour. BPA, what are you doing? Uh, not just um, Happy New Year's, guys. And uh, Happy New Year. Um, Dibs, I was gonna ge- I was gonna call and give you credit for the win on obviously Jimmy, right? Huh? I've been a longtime Jimmy supporter, and you have mar- obviously marginalized him as a quarterback and a human being consistently <laughs> in Kate. First time that Kyle is able to, you know, win a game uh, without Jimmy and not be the, you know, obviously not be the worst coach in the NFL when Jimmy doesn't start. (laughs) And so congrats on the four wins. I was going to give you the dub, but Dibs, you overplayed your hand and you had to say that you'd start Josh Johnson over Jimmy. (laughs) And I think, hey, let's let's enjoy Brock. Not everything needs to be torn down to the studs, Dibs. And, like, certainly Jimmy's probably not going to get re-signed. This does certainly does marginalize some of his value. Mm. But, like, you know. Who would you rather have, Jimmy Garoppolo starting in a playoff game if Brock's hurt or Trey Lance? And if you're going to say Trey Lance and you've lost any semblance of objectivity, Dibs. BPA, where are you taking me to lunch when the Niners make it to the conference championship game? That's my question. (laughs) Oh, I I don't know, man. We got a bet, BPA, you and I, we made a wager live on this very... (laughs) Wait, wait, if Brock wins the NFC title game, is that... No, they just have to get there, Brian, in Palo Alto. Uh, I'll take you to Buca de Beppo. How's that? <laughs> wow, you're gonna need some Classic. extra people because that's family style. I am available. Hey, Dibs, All right, Dibs, you can you can uh, you can you can order for the family too. Okay. All right. Have a nice day. Guys. All, All right, right babe. CVP. My guy. Sponsored. I knew he was going to call. <laughs> of course he was. Marginalized Jimmy G as a person. Sponsored by CalHope.org. And the Niners are heading to the postseason. The road to Glendale begins now. Road to Glendale brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. Uh, on we go. Your call's next. Who scares you if you're the 49ers in the NFC? Whether that's road or home. We'll take your calls on that and... Oh, there's just a buzz. There's a tremor in the whole Carlos Correa system. That's coming up next on Withered and Dibs. Dibs, love you, babe.